Have you had your soup today? And the cold, crisp taste of Coke is so satisfying, it keeps me from eating something else that might really add those pounds. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to our episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the he in media. <laughs> okay. I said it. You know what? Remember, I, we make the rules. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I say yep. that ball was in bounds. Is that what referees say? I don't know. <laughs> My name is Summer Yeager. In bounds. In. In. It was in the. It's going to court the ball court my name's summer yeager <laughs> they're all Here's different me. all the sports are all different and they all have different rules and they different all the same. things oh, they're and different all the same ball. no is get the ball by the net is the rule of every single yeah ball game sports sports ball <laughs> okay my name is summer yeager <laughs> i'm here with my beautiful co-host joy and and along those lines actually you know those um those paddles that have the ball, the rubber ball attached oh, to them. Uh-huh. Yeah. And you're supposed to like bounce it or whatever. It was the hot new toy back in the 1940s. 1902, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Back <laughs> um, when Elastic time, came out. Yes. <laughs> every single time I see one of those, I very mistakenly think I can do that. <laughs> okay. I can absolutely do that. This is so easy. The ball's attached. How can you right. fail? Yeah. And and every time I try, it's like, <laughs> are, are the rules of space <laughs> and time broken? Yeah. Like, right. Why is this so hard? <laughs> why is it so hard? I cannot do it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. We got a series of little... My mom, one of the times she came out here, maybe over the summer, she brought this little puzzle that's, it's just like a little circle, you know, and it has the little silver balls in it. And you have to like, kind of get the, sil- the balls like into the little thing and all that. Yes, I am very familiar with those. So she gave my husband a bunch of those because we turned it into a little competition and, uh, so now we have like a box full of, well, it just reminded me because of basically toys that you think. Oh, this is easy. easy. It's not. <laughs> and then actually it's just a bunch of people watching you fail at something that you just said. This is I easy. I can do this. This is so easy. <laughs> this is so, I have it. <laughs> yeah. I hate those things. They're very humbling. Um, They're very annoying. Yeah. It's also like yep. jacks. I remember. I remember an old lady playing, like, teaching me like how to play jacks. You know, we have the ball and you pick mm-hmm. up the jacks. And me thinking, this is so dumb. Like how? And then trying it and then finding out that what's actually dumb is my hand-eye coordination and my reflexes. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, uh, with all of our technology, we have, in some ways, we have great hand-eye coordination but not with jacks, just with screens and things. No, 
Just no. Just, anyway, that was it. That was my fun. That's my um, fun story for the day. Um, yeah. Other than oh, um, I there was a giant coyote in my yard this morning. A giant one. Massive. Way bigger than my very massive dog. Really? Yeah. I've I'm, only ever seen like real scraggly, sick looking little. No mangy coyotes. No, oh, this one's like a think, strong mountain. Yes, this one's been eating its protein. We have javelina all over. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. So it's been eating I'm, javelina. I'm fairly convinced it's been eating the javelina, and uh, that thing was that thing was big. I said my camera caught it, and I was just like, "Well, I guess I will not be going outside at 3:48 a.m. <laughs> anymore." Just kidding. I never did that in the first place, but. Uh, well, so now because you're almost 35, does that mean you immediately took the footage and put it on some sort of next door neighborhood? Or something? <laughs> neighborhood. You know, I didn't oh, because I just I just assumed, like, yeah, I just assumed everybody else's cameras caught it, and everyone who lives, seen it. <laughs> yeah, everyone who lives here has lived here for like 30 years, so they're all just like, oh, they're probably like, yeah, that's Ted, you know don't shoot mm-hmm. Ted. It's probably what I feel yeah. like my neighbors would tell me. So just uh, definitely, you know, not going out unarmed in this area is the moral of the story. Good. Keep I'll bring safe. my paddle ball and just attack yeah. it. <laughs> well, you know, I was going to say also, you know, it's a good thing your neighborhood's so well lit because that <laughs> keeps the, <laughs> the coyotes away. Definitely can't um, miss anything here. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, this is going to be an interesting episode because I feel like I already almost cried while we were talking what? before. <laughs> um, but <laughs> you guys are so, so blessed. One, we didn't record that's that. One, <laughs> that's one. That's uh, one interesting thought I had. The other one is um, I was watching. I don't know. I. So my husband, the part of his job that he had to like learn and he didn't realize would be part of his job is the online marketing part of the job. And then you learn a bunch about that and like how that works and all the psychology behind it. And so now I just, Mm. I notice bad ads a lot Okay, because I just think about them more than the average person, more than I need to. Because I'm not really yeah. doing any marketing, but um, but uh, we probably could since we have a podcast, you know. But anyway, I digress. Yeah, I already I'm told so you I almost cried, so I think we're beyond that point. Um, <laughs> but so I saw on TikTok, I saw um, that Swiffer's new campaign is like. It's a little more complicated than this, but their new campaign is kick the bucket. What? <laughs> and, and in the ad, they like whip out the Swiffer and they're Swiffing the floor, Swiffering the floor. Yes. Yes. And then they like, there's a bucket with a mop in it and they like kick it over. <laughs> but it's just like, you do did they know. Not... <laughs> yeah. Do they, how did this get past? So I think, I think that we're going to start seeing more stuff like this because it's all young 
people working in advertising that haven't heard of these common turns of phrase because they've all gone no contact with their grandmothers and stuff. So they haven't heard these very normal phrases. <laughs> they haven't heard these very, very normal phrases. And so we're going to start hearing things more like Swiffer, hit the bucket. Hit the bucket. <laughs> Just like, wow. No, that's really bad. Um, it's very memorable. Um, super memorable. I'm shocked. We we are a Swiffer. <laughs> we are a Swiffer household, you know. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. I've had a Swiffer for ages. And when you have a toddler, you absolutely have to have a Swiffer because I can't mop, you know, eight times a day. But I right. do have to pick up like mashed banana off the floor eight times a day. So, so a broom's not cutting it. The broom doesn't cut it. The mop is too intense. We're swiffering. And that's the word we use, swiffering, you know, like <laughs> eight times a day, easily. Um, all right. I'm gonna be on the I'm gonna be Hit on the, the lookout. I'm gonna be on the lookout <laughs> for that's horrible. All right. Well, oh, as you guys heard, we are I am terrible at, at social media. I'm I'm very much an old person. Um I, I'm really bad at it, but uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. And I like how is... we're like, leave us a voicemail. Leave us a message at the beep. We're not. It's like, we're getting old. You needed... We're getting <laughs> old. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, Write us a letter. Send a telegram. <laughs> Send a telegram. <laughs> um. I, I am trying to be uh, not so bad at social media. And um, I feel I'm, like you're really good at it. Am I good at it? I don't I know mean, what I'm doing. People are like, why don't you highlight this? And I'm like, what is that? What are you talking? What is that? What do you mean? I feel like I just found out what highlight? stories are. Yes. See, you oh. don't know. Mm -hmm. It's a thing on Instagram. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the, the TikToks, the thing with TikTok. Well, I was going to talk about this in the episode, actually. Let's just, should I just talk about it now? Okay. We'll just, yeah. Mm -hmm. Are we just doing it? Okay. The thing about TikTok is that uh, people, I keep getting comments from people who hate TikTok and they're like, no, nah, I'm not going to offended, yeah. offended that I, that I have posted mm -hmm. something on TikTok. And um, you know, what's funny to me is that if you watch reels on Instagram, you're just watching TikTok two weeks later. Like, just so you know every reel you're you just see on instagram you're just watching like and if you watch it on facebook you are just watching the worst of the worst selected like yes. you're watching the worst yes. tiktoks yes. put into yes so you know um there are a lot of people who are like i will not watch tiktok but they're watching instagram reels which is just tiktok but two weeks later yeah um and shorter so tiktok lets you go for up to three minutes and instagram only lets you go up to, for 90 seconds but you know my thought on i don't here's the deal i don't care what social media apps you use if you're not on social media i don't care if you are on all of them i don't care but the thing that really confuses me is um in 2009, I got on Twitter and I remember my dad making fun of me and being like, you know, all the kids these days on the Twitters, right? And it's like, now he has like 100,000 followers on Twitter and 
um, you, most people, I think we know this now, most people get their news through Twitter. It's a very mundane thing, right? Twitter and Facebook were the first ones. And then Instagram, just so you know, like the early adopters of apps, like are always made fun of by what are going to be the later adopters of platforms. Like no offense. Yeah. Um, but that just is what it is. And uh I, I just think it's I think it's silly when Christians get all up in arms over like the oh well the platforms I'm on are good and the platforms you're on are bad. I just gotta break it to you. They're all the same. They're absolutely all the same. They are all influenced by each other. And whatever you can find on Instagram, you can find on TikTok, and whatever you find on TikTok, you can find on Twitter. And then eventually you'll find it all on Facebook, which is where everybody's 70 year old grandma lives. So, but that used to not be the case. You used to have to be a college kid to be on Facebook. So I don't know. I just, since we're talking about media, it feels relevant. Um, But again, I don't care if you are on TikTok or Instagram or Twitter or none of them, it's fine. But I do think it's silly to, how can you live in 2024 and not know that social media is the primary way in which mass communication is delivered? It's just not even debatable. It's not debatable. Mass communication lives now on social media. It used to be in newspapers, books, but now it is social media. That is the primary way that humans communicate other than face to face. It's it's the primary form of media. I mean, even just like that's where our industry takes place too. You know, I didn't I didn't even necessarily mean to bring it up, but that's where people sell things to you. That's where you buy things. That's where like, it's, it's where a lot of the world takes place. Yeah. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, it's probably because of something you found or heard through social media. That is, that is most likely the way that you find everything that you find. Um, even books now, right? If you want to get yeah. published, you are going to have to have some sort of social media footprint or some social media following if you want to get noticed out of nowhere. And they are going to look at your social media. And of course, we can have a whole conversation about like the inescapability of it. Is it worth it? The pros and the cons. That's not really what we're here for, but. Right. Uh, you I, can have whatever social media you want to have and not have. I mean, I, hopefully you guys know how I feel about living according to your principles at this point. And if having a certain kind of social media principally goes against what you believe, that's fine. That's great. I can think of a bunch of reasons why. I take breaks from TikTok. I can think of a bunch of reasons why I wouldn't want my husband on Instagram. Like, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, yeah. Just, you know, you, you feel free to do what you think is right. <laughs> I love that. Yes. Yes. Uh, I do believe social media can be used for incredible good and incredible bad. And you have to prioritize wisdom and all of it and how you're going to utilize it or not utilize it. And that's fine with me. 
Um, but anyway, we're here to talk about feminism in media, <laughs> which I yeah was going to end with my thoughts on that. But we uh, we opened that way. Um, and that's fine because uh, we make the rules on this here. What What is it? Basketball court? Is that where we're at? Um, <laughs> yeah. Everything's in bounds. Yeah. Um, last week I started with no little, refs. There's yeah. no refs. We're the refs. That's right. I started <laughs> with a little calls. like uh, history lesson last week. Can I do that again? Because I found. Oh some yeah, I was really... wondering. I was like, maybe she'll have some great stats because I don't know. I feel like all the stats I have on this are pretty boring and mundane. Oh, um, I have no stats. Not... Oh. Okay. I have dates. Well, mine really don't matter. Da- I have some dates. Mine really don't matter. And I'm if interested. I gave you stats, honestly, you'd be like, Joy, I thought you were old when you asked me to leave you a voicemail. <laughs> now I think you're ancient. <laughs> no, I I want to hear the stats. But um I want to talk about so m- feminism and media, right? Okay. That's the topic. Um in 1849 this lady named amelia bloomer started publishing the first newspaper in the united states owned edited and published by a woman and it was called lily and of course it was focused on uh temperance the temperance movement which was the movement to outlaw alcohol the sale of alcohol Um, that's where all the feminists met each other yes (laughs) Um, It also focused on women's rights. And here's what I thought was really interesting. Dress reform. This made me laugh because I remember, I remember when you and I were starting a podcast and believe it or not, this was so long ago. This was back before this really truly was before there were a lot of women's podcasts, um, Christian women's podcasts. Like there really wasn't yet. (laughs) That's how ancient we are. Of yeah. course, there was some, you guys, if you're thinking of your favorite one that I've never heard of, it's fine. Um, but we, we were the first. We did it ever. all first. <laughs> but my, I'm laughing because this, this uh, first women's newspaper was focused on clothing. And I remember you and I being like, can we please do a podcast about anything other like please don't make us talk about women's clothes and I think this is where it comes from because so much of what is marketed to women is about how to dress and the very first all women's published owned edited newspaper was majorly focused on how to dress um and dress reform as they referred to it essentially was like hey women should be able to wear pants and not just skirts and dresses and then but the pants that became popular as a result of lily's the lily newspaper they were called bloomers that's where we got the word bloomers because amelia bloomer was the one who founded the magazine so i thought that was super interesting um, I remember having to wear bloomers when I was little, right? Um, again, the people that are younger than us are like, what are you guys talking about? If you were raised in the 80s or the 90s, you had to wear bloomers underneath your dresses. Um, 
anyway, a yearly subscription was 50 cents. <laughs> and uh, it was founded in 49. And by 1853, they had over 4,000 subscriptions. So it was very successful. Very, very successful. And then in 1870, the American Women's Suffrage Association began publishing the Women's Journal. Um, it was the most prominent and long-lived suffrage periodical of the time. And um, we still have the Women's Journal today. It's morphed. It's morphed. But women were some of the early adopters of using published media to be activists. So the whole point of the media was activism. Um, that is what they wanted to do. They wanted to set the agenda of and and put on the map what we should be, what the public should be thinking about. And they used media to change people's perception about alcohol, to change people's perception about dresses and how women should clothe themselves. And they were obviously just extremely successful in doing that. Um, and then, of course, we've talked about this so many times before, but what is, I would say, what is the most highly immediately recognizable piece of media that a feminist has produced? I would argue it would be The Feminine Mystique by Betty Friedan. She totally continued the use of mass media and marketing to map what people should be thinking about. And uh, we have a whole episode on that if you guys want to search for it um, in, the in the archives. And then the last one from Second Wave Feminism is the, the reemergence, actually, of Cosmo, Cosmopolitan Magazine. Um, it was initially, I did not know this, a family-centered publication. Cosmo, yes, the one you have to like turn around if you're in the grocery store with your kids, you want to yeah. turn it over. Um, it was uh, eventually, of course, became a woman's magazine. It was rebranded in 65. And the whole concept was like, this needs to be about female liberation and, you know, acceptance of individuality. And um, we all know what kind of toilet that leads to uh, because we see it. So anyway, that's the little that's a little bit of um I just think excellent use of media throughout some of the waves of feminism. There's obviously more going into the third. I would think of the counterculture. I would think of uh the riot girls in the third wave using their underground zines and and all of that. I always think of Angelina Jolie and all of her weird like Darfur stuff. <laughs> when I think of the 90s and the early 2000s of feminism, just like having to be an activist, but having to be like really dirty and grungy while you do it was, is yeah. like, is the whole vibe. Um, With skinny anyway. eyebrows. Skinny eyebrows. <laughs> and the skinny eyebrows. Very important. <laughs> um, yeah, I was just, yeah, it's been, the media has been, well, obviously, I think the media is kind of the like thermostat of yeah. where the culture's at. What is your um kind of like what is your culture producing in its spare time? Yeah, but that was just women kind of, and 
they have kind of always come around and I don't know what the experience of men and the media is. I'm, I'm sure it's similar in many ways, but um, there's something historically about the way that like women would come around magazines, even just magazines of pictures and home decor are sort of the community that's surrounded by uh, books, magazines, movies, um those things connect us all and i think the experience has changed because of social media because social media was kind of the uber version of that which it literally connected us all because <laughs> we can all uh yep. you know directly access communicate. the same yeah yeah and we can all do it at the same time live and give our input and all those things but that was the exactly what happens over things like TikTok and Instagram now is the same thing that happened with uh, magazines, books, film. Um, it's been happening for a long time. And I don't think that, I think we connect in a different way now, but a huge part of, a huge part of women in the early waves connecting was over magazines and periodicals because they were well you know if you want to use their language they were all stuck at home but this was a way that they could all like connect and communicate in a way that was separate so they could all share this same experience but still be um just in a time where they couldn't communicate quite as fast as we could. But yeah, it's such an interesting part. Nothing of, good um, came of it. No. Like if I think no. about all the stuff they were reading, every first or <laughs> second wave piece of feminist literature that I've read is trash. Like it's not good. Like maybe you want to yeah. argue like the yellow wallpaper was creepy. Like, good job. It was really creepy. It was kind of well-written. But, like, from a worldview standpoint, it was just terrible. Like, yeah. It, just can't, it was it all bad. Shaped, yeah, it was, it was definitely a supply and demand type situation. The, the feminist movements, the waves supplied the demand of the women. Um, mm -hmm. I think in some ways... It was very marketing oriented. It was activism. That's, it was, it was using marketing psychology that we use all the time now to buy and sell products um, to get women in on the cause, but mm -hmm. we just didn't, we, uh, we didn't, I don't know that we understood how influential it was, but even just in terms of, I mean, you, it's, I don't even feel like we need to like make the case that the media has been influenced by feminism and feminism has used the media to influence because it's just, if you turn on media, even going back, like even going back decades, if you turn on a, an old movie, which you can have your opinions about old movies, whatever but you're always going to see what you're going to see on a screen is usually representative of the most liberal progressive element 
for the time. And then that is sort of glamorized. And, mm-hmm. um, and that's kind of what everyone suddenly wants to become, or that's what's considered stylish or whatever. And I think it's really surprising how just how often that involves um, women and clothes, makeup, mm-hmm. housing style, mm-hmm. just um, how much goes into appearing like, you know, you're saying like, we didn't want to talk about women's clothing and it's just, but that's all, that's really, <laughs> that is really kind of the conversation that everyone just only ever wants to have. Like when you see a woman, what should she be doing? When you see a woman, what should she look like she's doing and what should she look like she is? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, we, I mean, that if that's all I don't know like that that conversation there's holes in that conversation there's gaps there that I'm just like um we there was there was not a lot of great worldview training and I think the in those gaps just fell in whatever the media Mm -hmm. presented and unfortunately what that was was the the gaps that got filled they got filled in with um you're a victim of a social construct you are unappreciated you um at least at the like at best your husband doesn't appreciate you and he doesn't realize how hard you're working yeah and at worst he actually hates you and doesn't um think you're even a person because of the social construct or whatever. Well, that is exactly what I think the through line is on this topic for every, from the beginning to now. What yes, what, yes. what is feminism in media? It is victimhood. How yeah. you are oppressed, how you are a victim, and what we've been saying till we're blue in the face since the beginning is uh, you're not a victim unless you are right no you're not just by being a woman being a woman does not automatically inaugurate you into victimhood and many women want to be inaugurated into victimhood without actual abuse because it makes them feel like they have the moral high ground and so i think obviously i don't I don't really want to get into the Me Too movement, but it is the, I mean, massive, most recent feminist media movement was Me Too. And I would argue it kicked off so many things in our nation. Um, But what was Me Too? It was mass coming out as a victim. And... Again, we've talked about Me Too enough if you really want to know where we stand on that. But um, I think one of the things that's important to recognize in media is the the feminization of it. The Have you ever... Let me put it this way. I don't know that most Christians would agree. I don't know. Maybe they would with what I'm about to say, but it maybe you, maybe you think you agree with it, but then when you see it actually played out 
you have some recoil against it. And I, I would argue it's because of feminism. But if a bunch of dudes, no, let me, let me reverse it. If a bunch of women were in a room talking about women's issues, I don't know, whatever. Name a woman's issue, breastfeeding. And a man joined the conversation, walked into the room, not even necessarily joined the conversation, but walked into the room. I would argue that in polite society, y'all women change the subject, right? Like I would say you should be polite and perhaps not be discussing your chesticles with a man in the room. I think that's a completely uncontroversial take on my part. And I would reverse this as well. I would say when a bunch of dudes are in a room talking about whatever dudes talk about, I can't even think of an example because I'm such a girl. <laughs> but like, I think that it's it's only polite to expect a change in tone or maybe even in topic. Maybe not always. Maybe not not yeah. every time. Right. But in a polite, civilized society, I think when a woman enters the room, the men should be aware, conscientious, caring of that. And maybe, not always, but maybe they need to change the topic or change the tone. I think that's polite. But what I think has happened with media is that the women stepped in and said two very opposite things. They said, number one, I want to be treated like a lady. And number two, how dare you call me a lady? We should all be the same. And so I think we have a very feminized media where the women have said, no, you need to speak like a woman's in the room, but also I'm the same as a man. And I think that is where a lot of like problems lie is just that feminism so wants to neuter everybody, but also we want to be treated with special favor. We want to be the adjudicator of every individual situation, which is why we love social media, which is why we love when people put their problems in front of us and they say, who was right? Oh, who was wrong? Yes. And then we get to decide. And see, that's the thing is you're kind of left with no real, we, we've never been given, feminism has never given us a real clear set of rules to follow other than whatever I say in this circumstance or in this situation, whatever I say is what I want you to do. And I think you see the, that's where you, it's, it's hard the the feminists that had the power of, of the media back in the first and very much in the second waves. I, um, they had victimized themselves so fully that there was never a question in their mind as to whether or not they were pushing all this propaganda down the throats of people that were just discontent busybodies that wanted to be, that hated their husbands and wanted to be the judge of the universe. Because <laughs> that's what they wanted. They wanted to be the judge of the universe. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I don't, um, I, I think it's a very... I think it's, I think that social media has, it, it's, und, 
the media in general, social media specifically, um, it's undeniable that it's a feminist infection point because the feminist ideals are what run it all. Like yes. that's like when you go when you go on TikTok, a part of what I find interesting is heavily related to what we do here on this podcast and just talking about culture and watching culture. That's kind of and you, I think you have to be careful. You don't want to be such a spectator of culture that you're becoming a busybody or that you don't you're not doing any culture building you're just commentating yeah um but those are the rules the rules of tiktok are no body shaming all the men need to be actively not it's not enough to be anti-sexist it's mm -hmm. about it's about anti-sexism work it's about anti-racism work it's about doing something to show it's about how my husband is inadequate it's about how I do everything in the house and I also it's it's licensed to complain yeah. it tells you it it's where you validate your own feelings either by signaling how right you are or by asking everyone else to tell you how right you are yeah um and it's just the, all the same, it, it's, it runs and, and you know, not 100% of it. There's plenty of media that is not feminist. Um, but I would just say the majority of it runs on the rules of feminism, which are a man did me wrong or men do me wrong, the patriarchy or a specific man. Um, and because of that, I felt inadequate unworthy it didn't feel pretty um that's always a for some reason it shouldn't matter if a woman is pretty and feminine and yet the ultimate ideal is that she feel that way about herself hmm i don't know um and then i realized that i need to make myself feel valuable and worthy and that's how i became my best friend and then i started getting brand deals and now i make right. a bunch of money and and i did it all on my own and I did it with my own validation and my own worth, my own estimation of my own worth. Um, and it's it's very interesting because I think it's pretty superficial. It's really easy for me to watch the videos and say, like, I mean, I feel like you could make these little, like, diagnostic notes on a lot of these videos that are like, okay, maybe that was the problem. Maybe that was the problem. Oh, and then you're saying that, you know, even in situations where you're talking about a woman who's legitimately a victim, it's like, oh, Hollywood taught me that, that women aren't believed when they go and they ask for help. Yeah. So I didn't go and ask for help. And so it's, I, I just, I, to me, it's all, and I talked about this. I did, we did a thing on me too. I picked that. I think I picked that when we did our like, feminist true crime story and I tried to make the case that Me Too was a true crime atrocity <laughs> it because was. it was yeah but um but yeah it's just it's creepy I think that the same group of people that is doing all the abuse and perpetrating mm -hmm. like uh the objectification mm -hmm. of women sexually mm -hmm. uh like the same the same uh people that are showing you their entire naked body and mm -hmm. forcing women to show you their entire naked body. They're also the ones that are telling you that no one will believe you if you tell anyone. Um, 
anyway i digress but i do uh, think that that places like tiktok and instagram which are heavily visual media and and quick easy visual media are just perfect for the female voice um oh yeah you can't really interrogate a ton on tiktok or instagram and that makes it good for some things and and bad for other things I do think it has attributed to short attention spans. Um, I obviously do not know how to make less than a three minute TikTok or Instagram video. Um, maybe one day I'll figure that out, but I don't think that I can. Um, fast, that fast delivering of recommendations and views and visuals is so consumable that it's easy. Well, that's how women talk. Yes. That's what we do. We we hit 500 topics. There usually somewhere in there is this is what happened to me today. This is what happened to me the other day. This happened to me one time. Here's the product I use. Here's the yes. book I read. Here's yes. what I made for dinner. And yes. it's like we love the flurry yes. of, of conversation. Yeah, yeah, I just want an update. I want an update on your day. What are you into? What are you reading? It's great. And it's a great, and, and here's what it, here's, here's the positives. You can put some pretty awesome things on TikTok. I have received some great advice. And when I say TikTok, just also hear me say Instagram. I don't, that's too wordy. Okay. So from here on out, when I say TikTok, I <laughs> yeah. also mean Instagram. Yes. Um, I've gotten great advice. I've gotten great recommendations. I, I've learned a lot. I have learned so many stupid random things from TikTok that I just I never would have I've been inspired to bake bread, I've been inspired to make meals that I never would have made otherwise. So there's there's this great portion I think of femininity where we love to share what we're doing and inspire other people and and you can so easily use this media to do that um you can use twitter as well i just got several comments this past week like hey you inspired me just by talking about the space trilogy to read the space trilogy and it's like okay i i'm doing something good here something good is happening yeah. you know i've had people contact me oh i lost 10 pounds i didn't think i could do it but you inspired you these are great these are great things great goals to have um the thing to be aware of is that you are being influenced by what you consume you might think you're uninfluenceable but you are you are being influenced and uh there's a there's a there's an idea here about the company you keep, right? Like you, you touched on it a little bit. Like there can, there comes a point here where um, you, you can spectate too much and you can commentate on culture more than build culture and, and seeking a balance there. Um, is going to be a matter of of wisdom and discernment that you need to apply to your own life. But we all need to be aware of, I mean, we were talking about, you know, uh, witchcraft and paganism and the occult and how they really are um, very much tied together. Uh, TikTok is how I learned just how bad 
just how bad women's uh, reading habits are. And yeah. uh, this is something I, I'm learning because of TikTok. I, I have more of a grasp on what is being marketed to women and how filthy and bad it is book wise that I would have just never known. I would not have known um, because Christian women are saying, oh, I read this book. But because of TikTok, I know that book is porn. Yeah. That Christian woman is sharing the book she read this month. 50% of them were pornographic. And I think I, I don't, it's just sin. I mean, it's just sin, but I'm thinking like, is, is that how easily influenced we are? We, we have a couple influencers that we follow who liked the book. And so we just undiscerningly pick it up and we're like, Oh, well, you know, it's probably a good book. So I'll just ignore the part. Like, is that, that is, that is really what we're doing. That is what people are doing. And um, feminism has just, made that a normal thing to do it's just a normal thing to do you know we feminists harp on the men right uh men and their porn problem <laughs> if the men knew what their ladies were reading if, if yeah. you guys knew um it's awful yeah well that's a, that's a part of that whole equalizing it's like you would not believe how horrible men are and we want to be able to be just yeah. as horrible. And we're going to do it too, but it's nice because it's in book form, I guess. Like, yeah, it's fine because yeah. I read it. I didn't watch it. Like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> that's called right. deceit. Um, That's called self, self deceit right there. You're deceiving yeah. yourself right the second. Yeah. Um, I do think, I think they're one of the benefits that I see well, so I I mean, it's just like anything. It's going to require some discrimination and some discipline to consume anything, <laughs> especially nowadays. You're going to have to. Yeah, you're we don't have a nice little warm Christian culture. Um, and so I I personally think that women were not the like the women that that the your average housewife that fell victim to feminism in the second wave i think she just didn't have enough to do and there wasn't enough there was no discriminatory thoughts there was no this it was i'm reading this and it feels really good and i just want to foster whatever feels good and we should be able to hopefully recognize that as just sin um just pleasure seeking um mm -hmm. and it's very empty it's obviously very empty because in the time when we can you can watch you can watch billions of people uh with billions of people you can watch millions of people do nothing but consume anything that gives them pleasure and everyone is the most depressed and anxious than we've ever been <laughs> um but I do think that I, I mean, I don't know. And, and maybe not everyone enjoys, enjoys this like I do. And maybe some people do need to be more discerning about how much content they consume. But to me, I enjoy, I enjoy when a woman comes up and is like, is like, uh, ballerina farms, the 
thing you need to know about Valerina Farms is that while she has all this great content, she needs to be more open about how she does not have to worry about paying her mortgage. And that makes a difference because everyone's always like, oh, look how fulfilled she is and her role as a wife and a mother. But the thing is, is that she has all the money in the world. So that's why she feels so fulfilled by that. And it's like, you know what's helpful about that to me? Mean girl, mean, jealous, uh, busybody, not just minding learned, her own business. Well, she just told like, on herself. She thinks what makes people right. happy is money. Right. And so, and you know, and I don't remember that girl's name or face, but here's what I know is that I don't need to be just like I can interrogate her behavior. I can interrogate my own behavior. I shouldn't, I shouldn't um, just do whatever I want, say whatever I want, think whatever I want and feel whatever I want as though I, I, that's just a part of being human. That's unnatural. That is the unnatural fruit of uh, feminism, which is that if you're a woman, whatever comes out of you is natural. Right. And that's the furthest thing from the truth because women can be mean and horrible and jealous and nosy and um and it's just it's it's written all over social media and i i don't know i like i and maybe it's just because we do this podcast so i think of it as like work in a weird way <laughs> but it's just to watch it happen is a good way to practice being like oh i'm not gonna do that or or when some woman comes on in a tirade about how she has to always do all the dishes and or worse when a a man dressed as a woman does a skit where he pretends to be the man and the wife and she's just validated for all the things that she feels is wrong and or a man that that's the big <laughs> i think that's honestly the worst part of TikTok for me is the men that just commentate and like, you can't treat women this way. And they just like show videos of women being treated poorly. And I'm just like, I feel like you are, <laughs> I feel like you're not like you're getting all the validation and credit for protecting women, but you're just watching videos <laughs> online. And yes. there's something to me about that. That's very, uh, yes cheap <laughs> fake yeah i don't know lame um yeah gay but uh it's gay. gay that was the word i was gonna say i'll say it you said it first you said it first um along with everyone with a ukrainian flag in their bio <laughs> gay hypocrites right yes yes <laughs> i said it before and i'll say it again and i'm not sorry <laughs> just want you guys to know i'm not sorry and i apologize for absolutely nothing um, no, I just think that I think that we can the inverse of just blindly looking at everything on social media and media in general and being influenced by it is is to just say, what's influencing me? What am I watching? What am I seeing happening here? Am I tempted towards that? Do I like this content? Because I also don't think my husband does enough around the house. And so I like when this lady comes on here and tells me yeah. about how her husband doesn't yeah. do that. And we all collectively judge him together in a way that is not helpful at all or constructive no. to their marriage. No. Um, 
yeah, I think that I, you know, it's, it's, we're not saying anything new here about how social media can be destructive, but also important. Um, but I, I do wonder, I think, I feel like I would, I don't think there's anything wrong with going no social media, but I like being involved. I like, like I said, I don't like being involved to the point where I'm a busybody and I'm neglecting my own business, but I like to be involved. I like to know, yeah. I like to know what's going on because there's a lot going on and yeah, and it has confronted me with, it's, I don't know, it's just such a pure view into feminism that it's honestly the best way. It's been the best way for me to be like, do I do that? Am I yeah. doing that? Am I yeah. tempted to do that? Yeah. Or what is that? What am I watching here? There's a you level know? of appropriateness. You know, you can think about the book of Proverbs as as a a king or just a father taking his son over to a window and saying, look out into the street. And then commentating and giving wisdom on what he's seeing people doing. Here's what they're doing. Here's what this woman is like. Here's how this business dealing is an abomination. Here's what happens to people who live this way. And there's a part of us that should be able to look out into the world and have that level of discernment because we, we, because we are reading the book of Proverbs. Um, and then you also need to apply it to yourself. So I think, you know, one way to look at it is like, when I go to decorate my house, is my goal Instagram worthy? Or is my goal built on a worldview that has more in mind than just being Instagram worthy? And is my goal to put together a home for the unique people that live in it to the glory of God? Like these are things where like you genuinely need to consider that. And are you willing to read any book that someone recommends? Or is there a better litmus test for what you're going to consume or not? Um, and like you said, if you get on social media, you are going to be inundated with so much feminism. And I think the the big red flag to look for is how much of this content paints women as as victims just by virtue of being women. Um, that is, I, I would argue from the beginning, from the founding of Lily in 1849, this has been about how are women being picked on? How are we at a disadvantage? How are we being victimized? Um, and then you just need to refuse that. I, I think so many women live a life wallowing in self-pity because of the media that they consume and what they've been convinced of by the media. And uh, you need to, I think Elizabeth Elliot said, refuse it. Absolutely. Where's your statistics, by the way? I'm not going to share them. I'm not. Joy, the people want. I the won't. Pe- <laughs> <laughs> I won't. They she don't says. matter. They don't matter. I've been waiting for an hour. This is not a book report. This is not a book book report? report. Oh, boo. Okay, fine. All right. 
I don't know. This is a challenging, it's funny because this is a challenging episode for me to think about just because I feel like we've said a lot of these things already. Um, and okay, I'm, again. I always want to like, I don't know. I always want to try to give something. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't always have to be like unique and new, but something valuable that's of value yeah. to you guys. So um, yeah, I, I hope that you, I don't know. I guess I'm just curious too. I wish if there were statistics, I wish we had, I wish we knew like what our listeners are into. Like, what are they getting up? What are they up to? <laughs> like, I feel like I, I know think just, just based off of the stats. I feel like we probably have See, and that's the thing is like, I feel like the stats themselves are not important but here's what i know is that women are on tiktok and instagram we're on facebook messenger communicating and talking with each other and sending each other stuff women um are on pinterest and like we know where women are yeah we know what they're doing yeah and um they're yelling at me on instagram is what they're doing oh yeah yeah everyone just has so many opinions which is why we love social media so much right because yeah we all love our opinions and we want everyone to know and we want everyone who agrees with us to be like i also think that (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think i just think media is so it's just such an interesting it'll give you some seriously interesting insight into what the culture believes and you know the state I feel like movies used to be kind of the primary mm-hmm. influential media and they're not quite no. as much anymore because no. people don't really make good movies anymore. No. Um, if anything though, now you like see what movie really resonates, what movies really, really resonate because nobody, there's just not a lot of really good movies coming out. No. At all. No. Um, yeah, I do think they and used I'm, to be a better barometer than they are. Yeah. But now you just, the only time I ever hear anything about anything is it's always some kind of shocking, bizarre, horrible. Yeah. Like right now, everyone's talking about Saltburn. And what was that one movie that Emma Stone was in? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I think she just Where, won an award for it or something. Yeah, yeah. And I think the premise was that like she was a baby in an adult's body. It was like a Frankenstein story where she was like a brand new human being, but in an adult's body. Um, And the whole thing was like a commentary on that and how like, that's like a trope. Uh, It get, you will seriously learn so much about feminism by consuming social media. You just have to not be tempted by it. You really like, you can't go in blind. You can't go in. Yeah. If you're vulnerable because it, well, I mean, I don't know. I feel like just the sexual, the movement, LGBTQ, whatever, the sexuality movement, that just the traction they've taken and how influential and how popular and that's shaped academia. And I don't know, like, you just have to be careful going in. You have to know that it's, the influence is happening 
but a, and a lot of it's going to influence you to just be like the nastiest, mm-hmm. most promiscuous, uh, worst. Oh yeah, I've watched yourself. a ton of Christian women over the last decade go from being very committed Christian women to being feminists. And if you want to trace the reasoning, it's all things that they were influenced by on the internet while their husbands were at work and had no clue what was going on. Yeah. I can think of five women off the top of my head. This is completely true of there's no other explanation. It's not like they learned the truth or they went to a better church or they read the Bible more. It's like, no, they were in a group of other women who radicalized them uh, for the worse. And so my last hot tip is. You can't get away from the internet. So if you're going to be on it, put good stuff out. Put good stuff out. I'm not saying I've always hit and everything I post is what I am saying is like, if you're going to be there, who can you influence for the kingdom? Who can you influence for the good? And it doesn't have to be a Bible verse a day. It can be if you want, but like so many Christian women have influenced me to think differently and more deeply about so many different things um, that I'm just so thankful for. Uh, And I think if you can influence someone to do something good, then, uh, then you should, again, I don't care if someone's on social media or not, but if you are going to be there, try to build something. Yeah, definitely. Don't spectate. Don't only spectate. It can be really, I think that's the big downfall for a lot of women that aren't like, I don't think it's necessarily feminism, but I think just kind of the apathy and laziness of just, you can really feel like you're doing a lot because you're watching people create a lot, but yeah, don't, um, yeah, I guess my last warning isn't necessarily related to feminism as much as it's just well I mean here here you go you it is very feminine to have the urge to produce and create very beautiful organized orderly things it's very feminine very natural and normal for you to want to take raw materials and turn them into something it's very for you to have a calm and relaxing and hospitable environment all those things are very natural and normal and so yeah I guess don't let the spectating uh trick you into thinking you're building something when you're actually not doing anything you're just watching people (laughs) live their life is that a kind of busybody I don't know exactly like what is the word what's the word for that just like I I think it is yeah neutered I definitely think there's a lot of temptation to be a busybody on the internet because we overshare way too much. We, you don't even have to look over someone's backyard anymore to see their life. You can just like get on their social media and it's just all on display, but that's a whole other topic. Okay. I'm going to cut us off. Um, You guys can leave us a voicemail at 470-465-0475. Yes. I did get scared for a second that that was not the number. Um, and that's it. This is our third. This is our third. We have one more to go in this series and then we're moving on. We should probably figure out what we're moving on to. Yeah. Yep. Okay. (laughs) All right, guys, we just realized we still have a podcast to do even after 
next week. All right. You can. Yep. I already gave you the voicemail number. That's it. Have a great week. <laughs> Bye.